Good morning, my name is Dwayne Spearman. Welcome to Directional Bible Ministries for March the 4th. Uh, this is a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, challenge, and uh, disciple the people of God. Um, this past Sunday, I had the opportunity to teach at a church in South Carolina, and the message that I brought was the breath of God. Um, you know, a lot of times when I go into a podium or even a classroom, I kind of know what I'd like to share on, but the Lord doesn't always let me get there. <laughs> and that's what happened uh, at this little church. I just did not get as far as I wanted to, but the Lord accomplished His purpose. Um, the, type, uh, the title of the message was The Breath of God. And in that study, uh, I started to look at um, the Word of God, the Bible that you and I have, and I began to basically give a lesson on bibliology, which is how the Bible came to us. Um, and as I mentioned, to adequately understand that topic, uh, we have to take a look at issues like revelation, how it was revealed, inspiration, when not it came from God, um, transmission, how it was copied, how it was um, preserved. Uh, then we got into, you know, proofs of inspiration, uh, fulfilled prophecy, uh, scientific accuracy, historical accuracy, and transformed lives. And then uh, we were going to get into inerrancy, which means there it's without error, and then into canonization. So I figured what I'd do uh, for the next uh, several times that we're together, I'll just start going through this together with you guys. So let's go ahead and look in our Bibles. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12 is the proof text uh, that I used. Um, and it says, Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12, For the word of God is quick. Powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So the Word of God is central uh, to the whole of our Christian faith, and I would submit to you that the entirety of our Christian faith um, rests upon whether or not this book, this God-breathed book that we have in our hands is indeed um, what it claims to be. Um, and to adequately understand it, as I did in my intro, we have to, to look at some various facets of uh, revelation, and inspiration, transmission, etc. So what we're going to do today is we're going to look a little bit at revelation and see how far we get. Um, in general, revelation is a disclosing of information that could not have otherwise been known. It's a revealing of something. Uh, the book of Revelation, for example, the last book of our Bible penned by the Apostle John, is the revealing of Jesus Christ, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the unveiling of Jesus Christ. However, when it comes to Scripture, there are basically two types of revelation that need to be dealt with, and that being general revelation and special revelation. Both are required. 
Both speak of situations in which God is revealing revealing himself to some extent. Um, General revelation is God's disclosure of himself in nature. Um, And, of course, um, we see God in nature. Uh, I'm convinced that in order to be an atheist, you have to be educated. Uh, No man walks out, looks at nature, looks at God's creation, and says there is no God. Um, You have to go to school to be taught that. Uh, You have to um, stare at your belly button for a while to come up with something like that. Um, You know, you go back into, you know, Don Richardson's book, Eternity in Their Hearts. Um, Every culture of man has seen God through nature. In Psalms, uh, uh, Psalm chapter 119, verse 1 through 6, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Uh, No man looks at this creation and says it was an accident. No man does that um, by nature. Like I said, he's got to be taught that Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. It's all throughout nature. I'm reminded when Jesus came through the eastern gate and they told him to tell his disciples to be quiet, he said, if these did not cry out, even the rocks would. Nature knows its creator. We are a creation. In order to be a creation, there must have been first a creator. Um, Their line has gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set the tabernacle of the sun. Uh, Nature screams through general revelation that there is a God. And then also our conscience speaks to the fact that there is a God. Um, the word conscience is a compound word, con, cone, meaning with, science, which means knowledge. So with knowledge. Man is born with knowledge. Not only does he see general revelation in nature, but it's in him. It's innate. He knows better. Uh, he knows there's a God. He knows there's something greater than him. He knows that, that's, that there's something that breathed life into him. Uh, in Romans chapter 2, verse number 14, for when the Gentiles, and Gentiles is anyone that's not a Jew. In God's eyes, there's two types of people on this planet. There's Jews and Gentiles. Uh, that's it. Uh, you know, which, you know, brings up the whole issue of race. Uh, there's only one race, and that's the human race. And guess what? We are all men. Uh, whether you, we are humans. We are humans. We are we are the race of men. So when we get into all this politically correct woke, you know, I want to be called a police person instead of a police police man. We're all men. Uh, I get I get totally irritated when I see people starting to go down that road. Um, We're all the race of men. There's only one race, and they're called men. 
For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these, having not the law, are a law unto itself. How can a Gentile, who's never heard the law, by nature do the things that are contained in the law? Man, through general revelation, knows it's wrong to steal. Man, by general revelation, knows it's wrong to kill. It's wrong to to lie. It's it's that you know it's you know that's general revelation. Man is born with this knowledge, so he does the things contained in the law, even though he hasn't even received the law. Um, and then in verse fifteen, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness. So our conscience bears witness to us that there's a God. We know there's a God. Also bearing witness and their thoughts, the meanwhile, either accusing or excusing them. So when a man does something, when a child disobeys and breaks something or we do something, we have this thing called a conscience that won't let us sleep at night. There's a, there's a conscience that is irritated when we do wrong and a conscience that is pacified when we do right. That's general revelation that there is indeed a God. And then also, I believe what falls into general revelation is history. We can look back and we can see God at work. Um, You know, look back. I think one of the greatest... um, facts or proofs of the Bible is what God has done with the Jewish people. Why is the world so anti-Semitic? Because the God of this world is the devil, and the devil hates God's people, especially God's chosen people, the Jew. Um, I mean, think about it. I mean, you know, Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, the descendants of Japheth or the Jephites, uh, the descendants of of Ham are the Hamites. The descendants of Shem are the Shemites, uh, which is from where the Jewish people come from, and that's where we get the name Semite. So when you say you're an anti-Semite, you're against the children of Shem. Um, why? Because on them came God's chosen people, the Jews. Now, I personally don't believe that the Jewish nation is necessarily in a chosen status right now. After they rejected the king and his kingdom at Pentecost and the years that followed, uh, God raised up the Apostle Paul, and now we are both Jew and Gentile are alike in the body of Christ. So I don't see the Jewish people as being under any kind of chosen status, that doesn't mean that they're still not God's God's people. They are, but there's no active covenant, if you will, with them. Um, that will start back up again uh, in Daniel's 70th week, the tribulation, time of Jacob's trouble, when the church uh, is removed um, out of the way, which I believe will happen at the at the rapture of the church. But when you look at the Jewish people, and I, I've done stats and studies, I mean, just, you know, even today, it's, uh, there's slang terms for, for Jews and how blessed they are and how good they are with money and, 
you know, one historian said, take all the Jews, take the money from all the Jews in one generation and they'll have it back in the next. You know, why was Adolf Hitler so opposed to the Jews? Because they were the merchants, they were the business people, they were the bankers, they had the money. So he had to come up with a way to take it away from them. You know, and he did that uh, uh, through, you know, the Nazi party. And he began to um, kill the Jews and imprison the Jews and experiment on the Jews. I mean, how can you explain that kind of hatred for a set of people and that kind of blessing on a set of people? I mean, we see that God uh, bestowed favor on them. And when God does that, of course, that makes the rest of the people angry. When, you know, Jacob bestowed favor on Joseph, his brothers hated him as a result of it. In Genesis 12, 1, Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house to a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I'll make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those that bless thee, I'll curse those that curse thee, and in thee all the families of the earth shall be blessed through the Jewish people. How are we blessed through the Jewish people? Well, I mean, we have the physical part, you know, their knowledge, their, you know, if you go back and look at how many of them have won distinguished prizes for patents and inventions, I mean, the numbers are staggering in comparison. I mean, statistically, the amount of people that are Jew compared to Gentiles, I mean, the numbers are staggering, but if you look in the scientific community and you see how intelligent they are. Yeah, we've been blessed by them, but ultimately the biggest blessing that we get as Gentiles that came through the Jews is Jesus. He was a Jew, um, descendant of Judah, uh, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Uh, we are blessed through the Jew. Um, Deuteronomy 28, 9 and 10, the Lord shall establish thee a holy people unto himself. As he hath sworn unto thee, if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. Now, obviously, if you're going to rightly divide here, he's not talking to us. Um, you know, there may be principles that, that can be extrapolated out of the Old Testament text, but the Old Testament was written to the Jew and not to the Gentile. And all the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. Um, so through these, a man... This is general revelation. Man sees God through nature. Man sees God through his own conscience. Man sees God uh, through history. All these things are seen by men. Um, in Acts chapter number 14, verse number 15, um, we see something interesting here. Um, this is Paul speaking and saying, Sirs, why do ye these things. We are also men of like passions with you, and preach unto you that ye should turn from these vanities unto the living God, which, by the way, made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that are therein. And, of course, Paul is pointing out that through nature, through the revelation of nature, through the revelation of conscience, you know these things to be so who in time past suffered all nations to walk in their own ways, nevertheless, he has not left himself without a witness. And that witness 
comes through general revelation in that he did good and gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. And of course, as soon as those words rolled off his lips, um, they could scarcely restrain the people. Um, that he identified with them, and he was identifying with them on the level of general revelation. And because of this, Paul concludes in Romans one twenty, for since the creation of the world of of the world, God's invisible qualities, his his eternal power and divine nature, are clearly seen being understood by what has been made so that they are without an excuse. General revelation alone is the basis for divine judgment on man. And next time we get together, we'll talk about general revelation is not enough, though. While it does indeed point to God, it is insufficient to reveal the totality of God and his ultimate plan for us. God bless you guys, and we'll see you next time.